everybody. Hi, guys. Well, from beautiful Salt Lake City, Utah. It's Thank God I'm Atheist. The podcast. I'm Frank Feldman. And I'm Dan Beecher. And coming up on today's show, Dan. Hmm. Enemies. Or maybe frenemies. Sure. Adversaries. <gasps> no. Yes. We're gonna be here's a we're gonna be talking about who who are your enemies? Who are your enemies? Do you have enemies? Yeah. You have enemies. Or do you? I don't know. I've, yeah. It's something I've given a lot of thought to. Yeah. Uh, and I and what we won't be doing is coming to solid conclusions about anything. Oh boy. It's one of those. All right. It'll be a, it'll, it'll be a good discussion, I think. Coming up today. Coming up. Mm, Frank and Dan get nothing, nothing accomplished. Uh, of consequence. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> have you ever had a frenemy, though? Little side, little side note. I mean, I think kind of, yeah. yeah. Like, I've definitely had sort of friends that I knew were like just sort of friends, and would <gasps> oh. would I and and would backstab if they if oh, yeah. if they needed to oh, or whatever, yeah, yeah. if it were expedient to them in the oh, least. Yeah. So yeah, that's a friend friend of me, right? Yeah, I feel like I've had a friend of me before. Yeah. One in particular. Oh yeah. Is it the same one? It probably is the same one. <laughs> I believe we're thinking of the same person. Yeah. <laughs> that, that person is frenemous. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right, Dan. Yes. Look at your face, Dan. I know it's uh, it's trim er. What happened? Well, I've got a, I've got a play coming up, oh, and, yeah. I, and I and I'm so we're sort of exploring looks. Okay, I don't know what we're going to do just yet. And so for the meantime, you're going to be I'm, shaven. I'm no, I'm trimmed. Okay. Very tightly trimmed. It's more of a shadow, five o'clock shadow now, and then we'll decide where it goes from there. Oh, wow. Might go less, might go more. Might okay. be clean, might be bearded. And if you go clean, how are you going to get it clean? Well, Frank, <laughs> thank you for that question. I appreciate it. What I will do is use harrys.com. <laughs> Did you know, Frank, that harrys.com can serve all of your face shaving needs? It's amazing, but it's <laughs> Should we true. do the whole thing like that? No. I would love that. No. Okay. So you guys know, you've heard it from us. We're going to say it again because a whole bunch of you have not even tried it. Seriously, just try it. It's it's great. <laughs> it's free. So it's free. So what you do, you go to harrys.com, H-A-R-R-Y-S.com slash T-G-I-A. Mm-hmm. You will get... Uh, uh, you get the handle. We're going to build this from the ground up. Okay. Ergonomic handle. Yeah. Which, we're not kidding. It's actually just nice a nicer handle than you get with mm -hmm. other blades. You get the uh, cartridge head with five premium German-engineered blades. Yeah. Good stuff. And one trimmer blade on the back. Yeah. For fun. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh -huh. and profit. Yeah, uh, and then and then you get the nice shave gel that you and I love. That's mm -hmm. got the good smell and your stuff. Uh, you get the travel the protector travel thing. thing. All of that is free. You pay for shipping. That's it. You get the thing. You try it out. If you like it, you keep it. You keep it going, and it just comes to your house, and you never have to worry about it again. Yeah. If you don't like it, you cancel, and it's fine. You just got free stuff because you know your your favorite uh, atheist podcast hosts. Yeah. You know us. So. We hooked you up, <laughs> indeed. And now, uh, and now you're doing it. So, so please, just give it a try. Go to 
harrys.com slash TGIA and get your free stuff today. Sounds Ta-da, good. Bum. <laughs> Sounds good, Dan. There you go. All right. Um, I want to start with a story about uh, a construction worker. Okay. Up in Oregon. This, this who, sounds like a, a like like a lie that someone at church tells. <laughs> I'm going to cons- tell you about a story about a, a construction worker. So far, it's a, that's what it sounds like. Well, but I'm um, going to believe that it's true. He uh, was uh, he got a job at uh, Dolled Up Construction. That's D A H L E D. Oh, okay. Dolled. Because I was picturing. A whole drag construction thing, <laughs> which I was really enjoying, but you've ruined it. Anyway, he got he got got this job, um, uh, fi- fixing up homes. That's yes. what this construction company does. Sounds like they're kind of a flipper, flippy sort of place. Maybe sure. I might be wrong about that, but they definitely fix up homes. And the owner, Joel Dahl, mm-hmm. uh, requires that all of his employees. Uh, participate in a regular weekly Bible study session on the clock. Oh, you son of a bitch. <laughs> he brings in a Christian pasture. Pastor. I like a pasture. Yeah, a Christian pasture. Nee! Um, and, uh, and initially, uh, Coleman, Ryan Coleman, he's the one who's suing Joel Dahl. Um, he told him, that uh, the requirement was illegal, mm. and uh, Dahl wouldn't, you know, wouldn't budge. Wouldn't believe him, and he's just like, "Nope, this is if you want, if you want to keep your job, you, you have to do this, right? You come here about Jesus." So after about six months of going to this class unwillingly, he goes to uh, Dahl and he says, "I've kept an open mind. It's just not my thing." And so Dahl says, "Well, I'm going to have to replace you." Wow. And he said, you're not going to tell me how to run my own company. And so Coleman replied, I'm not going to tell you. I'm not telling you how to run your company, but you're not going to tell me what God to pray to. Yeah. Uh, Coleman is, uh, uh, his religious beliefs are indigenous. Oh. Um, He's half Caucasian and half Native American. Okay. And he participates in indigenous uh, religious uh, practices mm-hmm. and what's kind of a little fucked up about this is that uh, d- uh, dolled up construction is um, what what might be what what is called a second chance employer. Um, oh, these are guys who've served some time in prison. Sure, um, Joel Dahl himself served time in prison. Right, he got out. He. Uh, ultimately opened up this construction company with the hopes of helping out other, uh, you know, ex-cons. For, oh, ex-cons. And so here's this guy who doesn't have a lot of employment options. And yeah. that's why he, he stuck it out for about six months. Well, he, like I said before, he is suing and, uh, I mean, it, it's, it's super illegal. <laughs> this is yeah, not cool. I, but this uh, is what the religious right would love to see a lot more of. And yeah, would be told like the wrong, uh, wrong set of judges and the wrong Supreme Court lets this kind of thing stand. Well, and also like the religious right has lawyers standing in the wings to support guys like. Oh yeah, 
companies like this. Yeah, and to turn them into Supreme Court cases. Does uh, does does Coleman is that his name? Does he have any? Uh, does he have any help from ACLU or anything like that? Uh, he's. I think he's just got himself a, a good little employment lawyer. Okay. I, I there was no. Um, yeah, there there was no real hint of like who this lawyer is aside from the person that he's hired to uh, represent him. Yeah, I do. I do wonder though. I mean, like, surely if a church is employing someone, they, they can could have, do it. They could have a requirement like this. Right. So I'm but trying. A private to, employer cannot. I'm just trying to figure out like where the difference is. Like, if it's if it's in because there's an ex- there's an exemption for that religious organization to do it okay. because the law yeah you can't you can't require your employees to participate in something like this yeah it does seem it does seem it's just, yeah it's i just mean wrong. if nothing else also because it's not his faith it's not his faith he's being, right like it'd be one thing to say you know what i'm going to give you guys some free time to go read your right you know inspirational book of choice and w- and i would like to provide you for free with Oh, look at all these Bibles. Right. Oops, that's the, all I've got. And maybe you could even say, you know what? And I pay this pastor to show up once a week. And if you want to, you can go sit and listen yeah. in on his thing. You can like, either you do some probably... work. You can either work or you can sit and listen to the pastor. Right. That would be okay. Maybe. Maybe. I'm not sure. Hell, that's what the fucking military does. <laughs> the military of these United States that's of America. True. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, yeah. No, I'm sure there there's a way that the guy could 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 get a little religion in there yeah. in his company without infringing upon the rights of the workers. Without right? being a dick. Being How about that? Dick. Like he's you either do this or I'm letting you go. He's participating. I mean, he's participating in the age-old American tradition of trying to civilize the savages. <laughs> is basically what he's doing. <laughs> I'm bringing Jesus to these yeah, horrible Indians. Well, I don't think it was because he was Native American. I just think that I'm just saying. Yeah. He um, is trying to you know, he's trying to do some good in the world. He's he's employing guys who need a who need a second chance, right? Yeah. But but don't man, don't do that. Don't do that. All right. Well, I am going to take us to England. Oh. Uh where where there was uh where the russian feminist punk uh activist band, uh, group pussy riot oh my god has what recent, a name Dan. has recently performed now you'll recall pussy riot as being uh the ones who these these ladies uh they made international headlines when they went to uh a very important um russian orthodox Right. church in moscow uh-huh. sort of slammed their way in and kind of, and and like performed there uh uninvited oh boy uh, screaming about like you know bringing down putin and and sort of the 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 connection between uh the russian government and the church which i will be discussing later in the show oh, I, also wow yeah tie-ins dan We're, i'm oh i'm tying it in baby <laughs> uh anyway th- what I found most fascinating about this is that they are performing at a uh, at a festival called Greenbelt, which uh-huh. is the foremost Christian arts festival in the UK. Interesting. Yeah. 
an arts Christian arts festival. Yeah. And they're there. And it's Pussy Riot headlining. There's a lot that's hard to wrap your head around with this. Isn't it? Yeah. I was so uh, sort of blown away. Uh, but um, do they know it's not cats that they're talking about? <laughs> uh, cats? Pussy. Pussy. Oh, right. The name. Yeah, that's yeah. That's like a Christian event having something called Pussy Riot. That's what I'm, I'm e- like, what? Even cats, I would feel like the word riot would be a little frightening it's to them. It's a kitty riot. Oh, that those kitties are just a riot. Uh-huh. No, uh, somehow they got booked. I mean, so Maria Aloikina, I don't know how to say that, um, is, one of the, is one of the originals that did... She went to like years, like three years of hard labor camp. Yeah. Out in like Siberia or the, in the Ural Mountains oh or something. Oh, my God. Like taken away from her, her young son... And stuff, but she still identifies as Christian, huh. which I think is fascinating. Okay, so they went and performed. They they had a big mo- a big video playing behind them that was showing their time. You know, sort of freaking out all the all the even or er, the evangelicals, all of the uh, Orthodox Christians. Yeah, and uh, and you know, sort of talking about their their very you know they are activists and they are disruptive activists they you know matter of fact she had to sneak out of the country just to go play this thing oh she literally they wouldn't let her on a plane because she was uh because she had to serve a hundred hours of community service for a nut for a thing and so she drove out of the country at an unchecked oh my god uh, part of the border and then took a plane from another country and they're not gonna find out no they're gonna find out (laughs) I'm guessing she's got more community service to do when she gets home or something. <laughs> I don't know. Boy, my God. This this girl is punk as shit. She is serious about this. She is not messing around. Uh and apparently but but apparently she sees her activism as a Christian act. Good I for mean, her. She's railing against Christian, you know, against uh a, what she sees as a corrupt uh, religious organization, oh. uh, which I agree with her. Yeah, uh, they pretty much all are. Sure. <laughs> once, yeah. once you get, to, you know. Anyway, as soon as you involve money, yeah, and power, and power. Anyway, uh, it would. It. I just found that whole whole kettle of fish to be very very strange. Hmm. So there you go, Pussy Riot. It's not at all what I thought it was. Headlining. It might be kittens. It might be kittens. They might be actually talking about kittens. Do you remember I, that that sort of pseudo punk band? They might be kittens. That was a that was a good band. A, what? Just a joke. Don't. They might be giants. I don't know. I was just going along the thing. I was just going along. All right. Well, that's a thing, Dan. Um, I like to uh, bring up a little uh, Pope Francis update. Mm. Uh, I, I don't know if you know Dan, but this. Uh, Last week, he kind of stepped in it. Oh, my God. By uh, it, do you mean Ireland? Well... Because that's what he's... That's yes. part of that, what he this stepped is, in. This is where... That's where all this happened. Um, he was asked his opinion on what parents should do if their children appear to be homosexual. Oh, right. This thing. Yeah. Right? And he says, when it shows itself from childhood, 
there's a lot that can be done through psychiatry oh, to God. see how things are. It is something oh. else if it shows itself after 20 years. So apparently there's like early onset homosexuality, <laughs> right? And Which, that's the stuff that's like that, treatable. That can be cured. That can be, yeah. You get, whisk them off to a psychiatrist. Right, right? yeah. Late onset homosexuality, you're, you're kind of just screwed. Something tells me somebody yeah. wasn't checking in with the psychiatrists before he started <laughs> blathering out of his fucking mouth. Well, nonetheless, um, people fucking freaked out. Yeah. Um, because this is essentially some kind of... Um, um, lately, he's, he, he's condoning reparative therapy right. in that statement. Right. right? And which, of course... We know is really damaging psychologically to oh anybody who's ever been through it. Yeah. Um, it doesn't work. Of it, course it doesn't work. No. Um, and uh, yeah, well, the Vatican has decided to uh, remove those lines from all official like transcripts of oh. the event. That's um, really interesting because what's funny is that one of the things that's happening a lot in the Vatican right now is that the entity called, quote, the Vatican uh-huh. is you usually when they remove stuff that he said, it's stuff that's like hyper liberal. That's like reform stuff. Uh-huh. Usually it's stuff like I don't you know, if a gay person seeks after the Lord, who am I to judge him? Right. Which he also said. Right. Uh, so usually that's the stuff, the stuff that like is sort of rocking all the conservatives worlds right so interesting that now they're sort of like shuffling away the thing well, that's it might just be that whenever he says something controversial yeah no matter who's getting their uh you know themselves yeah. in an, all in an uproar uh so this is a, a an official uh spokeswoman mm. when the pope referred wait to did you just say a woman i know what what's going on i'm sure what? she's a nun what is happening? <laughs> I don't know that she's a nun. Anyway, um, when the Pope referred to psychiatry, it is clear that what he was doing, uh, oh wait, that he was doing it to highlight an example of, quote, things that can be done. But with that word, he didn't mean to say that homosexuality is a mental illness. <laughs> That's what they're saying, right? That is what Sarah Pontificate Sanders is saying. <laughs> I mean, that sounds like an equivocation that... that oh, yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely totally come up ridiculous. Um, yeah, you know. Uh, but apparently, at this same event, uh, because he was, this is the world meeting of families um, that was... Hmm. That, where, where this happened. Um, apparently, there was... Uh, my, my family wasn't invited. That's rude. <laughs> <laughs> no, they're... Uh, they... they there was some very interesting things going on at this event. Um, there was uh, there was a speaker by the name of Fa Father James Martin, who's a Jesuit priest, um, who has garnered controversy uh, for his outreach to the LGBT community. Um, during his remarks, which were focused on how the church can be more welcoming to uh, LGBT folk, um, Father Martin took issue with the idea of sexual orientation being a choice. Actually, right. so this the, at this same event, um, there were very inc there, there were people who were talking about inclusivity, right? In, in um, 
of, of gay people in Catholicism. Yeah. Right. So very, I don't know that I fully understand where the church, the Catholic church is at right now. I think that's the problem. On, is that the Catholic Church doesn't fully understand where it's at on this issue? Yeah, there's a, there might be a schism coming in the Catholic Church. Yeah. I've been hearing some really fascinating reports. Did you hear the thing about the the letter that a former Archbishop sent that basically accusing? And this is sort of when the Pope was already on his heels because his trip to Ireland was a disaster, right? And then, uh, and then this letter comes out that's like. The Pope knew about this other, this cardinal, oh, and yeah. knew about all of the, the you uh -huh. know, the kitty diddling that he's been doing, that he had been doing before. Good Lord. And so, like, but that comes as a sort of backlash against this Pope's supposed liberal, liberal, like, like his willingness to talk about you know gay people being not horrible and right you know he's been talking about maybe letting divorced people get remarried and all of this other stuff and and like maybe divorce isn't the worst thing in the world and right changing sort of how the how the 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 eucharist uh what do they call it their whatever their sacrament is their their uh the the Communion, communion. How that's delivered? Like, because I mean, at one point he made he made a comment about like divorced people should be able to receive communion because it's not. And and I kind of loved this. He was like, it's not a prize for being good, for, huh. for acting good. It's a you know, it's a sacrament for all. And it was just this really interesting thing. But though you know, people who want the church that they grew up with to remain the same are flipping out. So, hmm. there's a war happening. Who knows? Maybe they might skiz. Skiz! There might be some schism. I love a good skiz. Yeah. You know what else you love, Frank? What's that? A pole. <gasps> you love poles. Numbers! I know you love them. I know you do. Um, Pew has decided to look, you know, Pew regularly looks at religion and, yeah. and these United States. Oh, yeah. yeah. The Pew... Uh, foundation or whatever they're called um and they they've got a new one uh which breaks down differently than most of theirs what they've done is that they've because usually they you know they like to separate things out into categories of people right but their categories are sloppy like what is a christian and oh. you know like so they have to separate christian into a whole bunch of different categories right. there's catholic christian and there's you know, evangelical, but evangelical doesn't have a solid definition because there's 20 different kinds of that. And, right. You know, all of this stuff. And, you know, then then there are the nuns, but the nuns include like hard, hardcore atheists and agnostics and then like people who just don't attend church. Right. Or don't believe just in don't an organized really religion, but believe in God or whatever. You know what I mean? Sure. Like they don't have an affiliation, but they have strong beliefs. They can still be. And how are those guys in the same category as us? Like, right. that doesn't make any sense. Right. So they've attempted to sort of look at that slightly differently this time. And what they've done is found, they, they've, uh, they've come up with one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. No, seven different um, categories. Oh. Now, trust me, you'll have objections to these categories as well. But they're interesting to look at. Uh, okay. Those categories are Sunday stalwarts who are religious traditionalists uh, actively involved with their faith and engaged with congregations. Okay. So most Mormons would fall under that. 
Right. More Mormonism is unique in its like well, demand Mormons. demand of active yeah. uh, of, of being active. Right. I would imagine that uh, you know Seventh Day Adventists and 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 J Dubs are are similar. Sure. That sort of thing. Okay. Then you've got what they call God and country believers who are actually more driven by their social and political conservativeness than they are by their uh, than they are by their belief in God, but it's all tied in with each other. Okay. So that's interesting. Okay. Then what they call diversely devout who are traditionally religious but uh also believe in a whole bunch of woo things like psychics and oh, stuff. Okay. That's a, that is a fascinating uh thing. And then there's all these things, you know, relaxed religious spiritually awake so this is a somewhat religious category and then there's the non-religious category which includes religion re- uh, resistors and then what they call the solidly secular oh okay um i think you can figure out where you fall in that in that lineup uh-huh yeah um so here's it, it has some interesting revelations uh things like when it looks at Percent of people who in each of the category who believe in things like uh, psychics of the Sunday stalwarts, 32% believe in psychics. What? Yeah. That doesn't make sense. God and country believers, 28%. Okay. Oh, okay. My favorite category has become the diversely devout people. Okay. Because they, they just believe in everything. Oh, you just ask them sure. about anything and they believe in it. I so know people like that. So yeah. yeah, 68% of them believe in psychics. Oh my. Uh 70 and then there's the spiritually awake category which is like they only believe in the woo. They don't right. like they'll laugh at someone who believes in the Christian god or whatever but right. The, like, these people are found in the vitamin aisle at Whole Foods. Right, exactly. In in, in the uh in the holistic aisle. Holistic aisle at yes. Whole Foods. Okay. Yeah. Uh, they believe in. I all didn't even know that things. was a thing. Oh my god! Um, <laughs> Tells you how long I've been. It's been since I've been in a. Whole here's place. an interesting category: percent who believe spiritual energy can be located in physical objects. Wait, 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 wait! wait. That's a whole category. That's that is one of the questions. Oh, that's a question that they ask. Okay, and what? each of the each of these things now. You know, that wouldn't make much sense to me until I heard the word crystals. But that's kind of what they're talking gotcha. about. You know what yeah. I mean? Mm-hmm. But of them... Uh, Sacred rocks. and Yeah. 29% of the Sunday stalwarts believe that spiritual energy can be located in physical objects. Maybe well, sure. Probably that cross that's around their neck. Right. Yeah. Right. But here's an interesting one. Uh, and and of course, of the diversely devout, ninety eight percent of them believe that you know whatever spiritual energy. Holy a, shit! Those people are nuts. How many people? How what percentage would you say of the God and country believers? God and country believers believe that. Um, I I I I would think that it's on sort of the one third amount believe in it. I think that's. I mean, that makes sense since Sunday stalwarts are about there. Yeah, zero. Like, actually a zero? Zero. Fascinating. Literally, fewer... God, I have more in common with God and country folks mm-hmm. than I do with all these other people. Probably. On that question. On that question. On that question. Okay. Also, the relaxed religious 
don't believe in that either. Interesting. That one goes just like up, down, up, down, up, down. It's crazy. How bizarro. Yeah. Okay. And then the religion resistors and the spiritually awake are at 98 and 99%. Okay. It's so weird. Uh, people who believe in reincarnation. Oh, boy. So the Sunday stalwarts, you still got 19% who believe in reincarnation. Of course. What a wonderful idea. I get to come back. Yeah, except that, like, you've got your myth. Your mythology is laid out for you. Why are you adding another mythology to that? Well, Jesus was reincarnated. No, he was reanimated. <laughs> oh, fair enough. He was brought back. That's a thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was, res yeah, that's... You know what? I'll bet that's it. They don't fucking know what that word means. Yeah. They don't know what, re what, what reincarnation means. Uh, God and country believers, 21%. Diversely okay. devout, of course, because they believe in everything. Uh, 60, Except science. 63%. Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they, they have their one thing they know. Yeah, they believe. They don't trust their doctor. They, yeah, don't trust a doctor. Don't trust a pharmacist. Right. Instead, there's but, that person wearing an apron on right. that vitamin aisle. If somebody has dreadlocks, they know how medicine works. Anyway, uh, I just think it's interesting. And in all of these categories, the solidly secular is low. Um, yeah, of course. So there you go. People who believe in astrology. How many of the solidly secular believe in reincarnation? Um, actually, 12%. Yeah, okay. So there's, there's a solid section yeah. of them. Huh. Um, That's funny. In terms of like astrology, solidly secular, you got 5%. Huh. Who who believe in that? Cut it out. Uh, and then you've got, uh, and then but it's low for everyone for like the the Sunday guys, the God and Country guys. It's it's low. It's at sixteen percent for them. Hmm. And then the diversely devout, the big believers. They only fifty seven percent of them. I would have thought that was higher actually. Cool. Huh. And the quote spiritually awake people at sixty three. Uh, it won't surprise you to know there's there are demographic parts to this study. Um, those in our category, solidly secular, mm -hmm. tend to be uh, more educated. Shocker. Really? Yeah. Uh, in terms of uh, who has graduated from college, yeah. um, our, the solidly secular is by far the highest group, uh, highest, uh, has the, the highest college graduates for, right. at 45% of them. Wow. Um, okay. With religious resistors sort of in also in the non-religious category coming in at 40%. Okay. Those are, those are by far leaps and bounds ahead. What's uh, the next best educated? God and country? No. No. God and country is one of the lowest. Interesting. 14% college graduates. So God and country, that's more sort of the political evangelicals? Is that mm -hmm. kind of what's... Okay. Mm -hmm. Okay, okay, okay. So what, there was another one, though, that was like... There's the diversely devout. Those are the people who believe everything. They are the least educated. Yeah, of course they are. Yeah. Yeah. 63% uh, of them have high school or less. Wow. With only 12% as college graduates. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Um, the, <sighs> the relaxed religious is the next highest from, okay. uh, from us. And right. that's, that's just sort of... They believe, but like, do they go to... They definitely don't go to church right, okay. every week. Sure. You know what I mean? Uh, surprisingly, the Sunday stalwarts are at 30%. That's pretty strong. That's a pretty Sunday strong stalwarts. showing. Maybe that was what I was thinking of. Okay. <clears throat> in terms of, in terms of college graduates. Will you send this link to me, Dan? Yeah, okay. 
Yeah, I'd, I'd like to look through that to peruse. Yeah, because this is these are kind of different. You're you're right. This approach and this this uh, defining these categories this way. Um, there's a lot to drill down into. Yeah, I'm 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 really intrigued. Yeah, there's. Thank you, Pew. <laughs> thanks, thanks, Pew. Thank Pew. Thank Pew. Um, Dan. Mm. There's a name that I am glad that I now know. Oh. Um, Sam Young. Oh, Sam. Uh, I, He's been I'm, standing down, downtown in Salt Lake City for a minute. He, uh, he has ended for, his uh, hunger strike. Okay. He went for 23 days. Good grief. Um, and uh, if you don't know the name, you should. Uh, this is a, a man who is uh, he's a, 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 a devout Mormon. Yeah. Who is uh, advocating for the youth of the church um, and trying to get a very bad practice practice of the church ended, which is these wor- quote unquote worthiness interviews. This is where a young person sits down in private with their bishop, right? Yeah. Who's not a who's therapist. Not, who's, who's not a trained anything. Doesn't right? have, doesn't, yeah, doesn't know anything about yeah. anything. For these one-on-one interviews. And the bishops have traditionally, you know, there, there's question, basically questions that they're supposed to ask. And the, when it gets down to sort of the, the chastity or the purity ones, um, they've, if the kid says that they've been up to something they then ask very probing and personal questions about the masturbation or looking at pictures online did you touch boobs yeah exactly and it's really none of their business well and not only so the thing is that like it's damaging and shaming yeah they i mean and they're doing this these interviews usually start around the age of 12 um that's when they start regularly but yeah, I mean, but, they, I think, but, but you have baptized. Well, you have one at eight when you're baptized yeah. too. Yep. Hopefully, most kids haven't done anything. But like the other thing is that some kids may may have explored, you know, some other kid's body and whatever at right. eight. And also, as an adult who is not in the family, who is not trained in anything, don't ask a child about sex. Right. That is for someone else to deal with. Well, nonetheless, so that's what this guy is on about. Sam Young. Don't ask about, don't ask uh, children about sex. He founded the group Protect LDS Children. Yeah. And he is being called in for church discipline. Surprise, surprise. Yeah, well, there's a shock. Um, he he essentially and, and yeah. got a lot of press. Essentially, um, by... This time next week, he will be a former member of yeah. the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Um, and uh, because he, the, the article just keeps talking about he's facing possible excommunication. Um, no, he's going to be excommunicated. He's, he's facing definite excommunication. Yeah. Um, and by the way, I got this from Newsweek. Yeah. The story. It's national. Like, And this isn't like they're kind of picking it up later on. They're following the story. Right. Um, the story broke this morning, and it's already in the national media. Yeah. So the church is, um, golly gee, they can't seem to get get right on this issue and just avoid all the bad press that Sam Young has done a really good job making sure that they get. But here's what the the media doesn't understand, is that 
the church are the shepherds of of morality <laughs> they are they are the only, they are the they they are charged by god mm. with the mandate of keeping their people yeah morally clean and, and by the way sussing out these stories about you know masturbation how are the kids how are these young masturbators going to get absolution from their sin <laughs> if they don't tell a creepy old dude about it right how is that even possible yeah so good on you, Sam Young. Yeah, best yeah. my my uh, my my. Uh, I send you my best. Yeah, hopefully you'll get kicked out, and then you'll realize that it was all stupid anyway from the beginning. Yeah. I mean, he's he's in for some pain. Oh yeah, he's he's gonna feel a lot. He's he already feels it, but there will be more. Um, all right, back to Russia for me. Uh, we are going to talk about. One of my favorite uh, names of a of a group that I've ever heard. Have you heard of Fancy Bear? Fancy Bear. Fancy Bear. Ooh, Fancy Bear. Do you belong to Fancy Bear? Why, yes, I do belong to Fancy Bear. I uh, Fancy Bear is uh, the name of a group of Russian hackers. Uh-oh. Uh, who have been... They're the guys who... Tampered with our elections. Oh, I hate these people. Yeah, Fancy Bear. It's a delightful name for a very bad group of people. No. Uh, probably connected no. to the Kremlin. I hate them. Yeah. But Fancy Bear uh, hasn't just been uh, trying to break into email of, you know, U.S. Democrats, defense contractors, intelligence workers, even military wives. Oh, my. They also have been trying to crack into the Russian Orthodox Church. Oh. Uh, it's, it, it's not surprising because the Russian Orthodox Church ever for a long time now uh-huh. has been lockstep buddy-buddy with the Russian government. Oh. Uh, and, the, and, I mean, and this is why Pussy Riot was... was, uh, was against them in the first place this is right. why they they had their big thing was because literally like they just sort of it's it's such a cozy relationship between Putin and the Orthodox Church that it's, it's one and the same as a matter of fact there's a quote here I don't I'm not going to be able to find it there's a quote from a former uh uh prelate I think of the Russian Orthodox Church who said you know you can actually see the epaulets coming out under the habits of of the orthodox priests which i think was a powerful way of looking at it like mm-hmm. the, they're basically russian agents wow. at this point wow uh, huh. and one of the things that's happening in the orthodox church right now is that the ukraine uh part of the russian orthodox church is trying to break away from out because they're kind of they're they've for the longest time they've been under the umbrella of the russian orthodox church but they don't want to be Okay. In part because Russia keeps shitting on them and taking stuff from them. Right. So, yeah, I can see why you wouldn't want to be. And also the Russian Orthodox Church is connected to Russian to the Russian government. So, you know, they could send out some mandate that says you have to go along with this or whatever. So anyway, the Rus- the Ukrainian Orthodox uh, leaders have been going to uh, the well, they call him the first among equals 
but he's sort of the de facto head of Orthodox of the Orthodox Christian Church, uh-huh. uh, who is Bartholomew the first, um, oh. the the uh, ecumenical Orthodox patriarch. Um, by the way, if you guys don't know how these guys dress, you really need to look it up. It's delightful. <laughs> they got all the good. They got the best beards. They mm. got all the good hats and robes and stuff. Mm. They look like wizards. It's amazing. <laughs> um, anyway, um, so Bartholomew the first, who is, uh, I, I think he's he's in Istanbul, uh, Turkey. Oh, is he? Yeah, he that's that's where he is. And like Ukrainians and Russians have been sort of bouncing back and forth, like lobbying for their position, trying to not have this uh, this split happen. Oh, okay. But yeah, the. The fancy bearer, the hackers, are targeting all of these guys. Oh, my. It's very interesting how this is tied together. Hmm. There's a lot of ins and outs that you don't know, but they've been doing, like, all kinds of phishing attacks, pH phishing attacks. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. They're clever, too. Like, you know, a is that new, where you play fish? It's where you play go fish. Lots of... But you throw the, the cards you know, at you each know, other. the jam band? <laughs> yeah. You, know, you just... Yeah, you yeah. go to a fish. That would be a that would be a, f- a fishing attack. God damn it! Just playing the music is is an attack. Is, enough. is it? That is an attack. <laughs> there was a uh, like one of the one of these things. We don't know who really sent this out, but uh, in 2017, um, there was a, a a a guy, a new guy, was taking over as the uh, as a sort of. I, communication director of communications oh. uh, for for the Orthodox Church, oh. and an email went out, presumably from him or purporting to be from him. Okay, that basically said, "Hey," uh, and it spoke in the words, the kind of wording that they used. This was someone who knew how these guys talked. Okay, it's one of them. Yeah. You know, sent out a thing that said, "Dear hierarchs, brothers, fathers." Or fathers, brothers, and sisters in Christ. Recently, I've been appointed as the director of communi- communications at the Ecumenical Patri- uh, Patriarchate. Uh, it's been a very big joy for me to blah blah blah. Some suggestions and guidelines on how to build up relations with the public and the press are provided in the file attached. So click it. Oh boy! And then that file like loaded. Yeah. Uh, you know, spy software onto their onto their laptops and stuff. Fucking hell. Like they're going after these guys. Wow. They want they want info. Wow. Well, okay. Fancy bear. Fancy bear. Hey, fancy bear. They're coming for you. It mm. does it sounds like a Russian gay club. Fancy bear. <laughs> like I'm a fancy bear. Yeah. Are you a cuddly cub? <laughs> <laughs> I yeah, I know a whole bunch of fancy bears, but uh <laughs> in this case it's it's not as good as it could be. Hmm. Anyway, I just thought that that was fascinating. I just yeah. I it just goes to show like we on this podcast, we want to talk about religious issues. But you and and frankly, I wouldn't I would prefer not to be a political show. I would prefer right. not to talk about politics. I would love to avoid it entirely if I could. But religion can't leave politics alone. And politics won't leave religion. They, I mean, yeah. it's just two power structures yeah. or a series of parallel power structures that use each other really well. Yeah. 
And, you know, you can't even talk about religion without talking about politics. Yeah. It's impossible. Mm. And fancy bears. Fancy bear. Well, ladies and gentlemen, if your bear is fancy and you want us to know about <laughs> it, you can write to us. Podcast at thankgodimatheist.com is the email address. Or you could call and leave us a voicemail message. The telephone number is 424-666-8442. True, true. Go to the Facebook page, facebook.com slash Atheist, and smash that like button. And while on Facebook, search for the TGIA members only lounge or request to join. Also, head on over to Reddit, reddit.com slash r slash TGI Atheist for a growing community yeah. over there. If you, if you go over there, it'll grow by one. It, there you go. Dan. Uh-huh. Guess what, Oh, Dan? I'm excited. Jim Baker. Oh, uh, that bucket of food selling motherfucker. <laughs> bucket of fun, Jim Bu- Baker. He is a bucket of he's oh a bucket God. of something. <laughs> he um he he has uh, some uh, sartorial advice for his uh, listeners. Boy, the outlook isn't good. <laughs> it's not. It's not looking good for anybody. Is it sartorial. I don't. I don't know that I know what that word means. I think sartorial might, it has to do with clothing. It might have to do with suits, <laughs> but it's stuff, stuff one wears. Okay. When we come back from the audio break, <laughs> I will know what sartorial means. Okay, Why don't we, you play the audio? Here we go. Here we go. What's it going to take for the church to really stand up in, during these next election years? I, I'm very concerned because if, if we don't, God's not mocked. People in America are mocking God. We're in a serious time. There's a lady that has a shirt back there, that T-shirt. Would you, would you say, pray for 45? I've been thinking, Lance, you, you are truly the wrecking ball preacher. I mean, you, you brought Trump right he, out he there. He means that in a good way. Yes. Yeah, yeah. he does. I know, but I mean, because you're not afraid. Yeah. And you weren't afraid to stand up for Trump. Just, you labeled him what God told you about him. And, but now this shirt she has there, I've been thinking, I don't dare wear a Trump hat. And I'm confessing, I'm confessing it. Mm-hmm. But the evil in this country is so bad, the being, if I was a Republican, which I had been my whole life, I, could, I couldn't wear a hat with my candidate on it without concern about being murdered in the streets. Mm-hmm. Now, come on. Really right. What's wrong with crazy. America? Why, why are we putting up with this? What if every church member's got to pray for 45, made them up themselves and do something, you know, America is freedom of speech, freedom of everything, freedom of religion. And yet the Christians are cowering back and living in fear. Well, the first thing, Dan, that I can say for sure Uh is that Jim Baker isn't actually selling any of these Pray for 45 shirts. Because he's like, you can make them yourself. Yeah, 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 exactly. (laughs) The other thing is that... uh, yeah, 
Well, okay. First of all, sartorial. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Means what? of or relating to tailors or their trade. Oh, okay. So you were right about that, but it. I think the word you might have been looking for is something along the lines of like millenarial? What is that? Oh, ha- like haberda- ha- haber- haberdasherial? Haber- oh, haber- yes. Haberdasherial? <laughs> a milliner or a haberdasher would be mm. one who makes hats, I think. Sure. Uh, a ha- haberdashery. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Sure. Uh, is there a psychological word that re- refers to a condition where you believe you're going to be murdered all the time? Because this guy talks about it <sighs> I know. all the time. I am going to be murdered. I have all of these beliefs, and I'm s- and it's so controversial for me to believe what you know sixty percent of Americans believe that I will be murdered in the streets. <laughs> I, I think he might have received a few death threats in his life. Do you think? Do you think people send no. him death threats? No. Do you think people care enough about Jim Baker? No. Send a death threat. He is ignored by everyone but old people who buy buckets. But what about way back in the day when he was kind of. A little bit more, uh, not controversial, but he probably there was a little bit of, um, you know, a little bit of hubbub. He probably received the de- death threats when he sat at the wrong table in prison. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. No, I mean, That's, he clearly, yeah, what is this whole thing that he thinks that he, everybody's out to- He loves it. Kill him. He like, loves- it's so extreme. Talking about- how he's going to be killed right for his beliefs or for his hats or for his whatever <laughs> there i'm afraid he should pro- i am afraid to open a bucket of food because a ninja will come out and kill me for you my never beliefs know what's in those buckets though dan <laughs> you really don't you don't it could be anything actually maybe or i mean obviously he wouldn't say that because it wouldn't sell buckets but what but maybe if he made a suit of armor out of buckets <laughs> out of big five gallon buckets he could yeah. walk around safely, right, knowing that God's God's bucket armor is protecting him from the murderers that lie behind every, around every corner. Oh my God! Oh boy! Well, there you go. We got. Uh, I. I. We have a bucket of people who wrote into us. Um, okay. Elliot. Elliot wrote in. Says uh, Elliot here from. Hi guys. Elliot here from Salt Lake City, with a comment on the Russell Nelson story. Oh. Okay. Uh, Rusty Nelson, you'll recall, is the uh, is the prophet, seer, and revelator of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter Day Saints, the Mormons. <laughs> um, Elliot says, "I served an LDS mission in Taiwan and studied huh. Mandarin Chinese." Oh, this is one of the cool things about being a missionary, a Mormon, is that so many Mormons are bilingual because they went to some place cool like Taiwan, or in your case, Rome. Yeah, it was Any- lovely. Anyway. Yeah, I mean, it would have been a torturous two years. I'm glad I didn't go, but it would be cool to have a, a language. Yeah. It, that'd be cool. That rattles around your head. Yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, uh, Russell Nelson, says Elliot, is also a student of Chinese. Oh. I'm guessing that he chose the language with the ex- expectation that mainland China would one day open up to Mormon missionaries and the religion-starved people would convert in droves. Oh, of course they would. They probably would. Yeah, sadly. Stupid. Uh, You know. Maybe not to Mormonism, though. No, they will. If that happens, they will. There will be a lot. Yeah, but other places that have opened up haven't provided a flood of... It's just when... It's just as soon as they all come flooding in, they get... Like, nobody is picking up the sort of credulous people that are just... 
sitting around going, I don't know what I believe. Nobody's like <laughs> getting to them right now. Right. But once somebody does, it's sort of a first come, first serve sort yeah. of thing. Well, that's probably true. Anyway, um, uh, Elliot continues, the translation, or more precisely, transliteration of Mormon used by the church while I was a missionary sounded like Devil's Gate Church. Nice. It also did not help that the translation of Latter Day in the church's name was something more like Last Days and thus had, <laughs> had an apocalyptic feel right. to it. The church has since modified the transliteration of Mormon, but it still has the syllables evoking the idea of Devil's Gate Church. They've also modified the translation of Latter Day in the church's name to sound less apocalyptic. In my imagination, the negative associations with the Chinese translation of Mormon weigh on Nelson's mind when he thinks about the name of the church, and perhaps more so as he thinks about the inevitable future of Mormonism in China. Hmm. I could be wrong. Love the show. Best to you. I think that's fascinating. Yeah. That he's just, he just, he learned that it had a bad connotation. It like that, so, those sounds mean something bad in Chinese. And was right. like, well, we can't use that. Right. Well, yeah. all right. That's interesting. Who you, knows? You go, Rusty Nelson. Yeah. Why don't you, do we have a voicemail? We do have a voicemail. This is from a, uh, a listener who's responding to our uh, trunk or treat, our sort of Halloween traditions and Mormons. Yeah, we talked uh, about this willingness to fuck it all up. happening in uh, in Australia. Yeah, which is so sad. And so uh, this is his experience. Okay, uh, over in in this these neck of this neck of the woods around here. Hey, Frank and Dan, this is uh, Travis from uh, the Seattle, Washington area. Hey, just wanted to call, say I love the podcast, and uh, you guys were talking about the Mormon tradition of trunk or treat recently, and I just wanted to give uh, <clears throat> my perspective on it. I grew up in Bountiful, Utah, uh, the only non-Mormon family on my block, and uh, when I was young, it was great. Uh, everybody in the neighborhood would trick or treat. Everybody was going door to door, and it was uh, a whole lot of fun for everybody, and everybody was included. And when I got to be a little bit older, um, probably even after my time, but uh, my brother was still uh, going around and trick-or-treating, but uh, uh, when I got to be like a teenager, they started doing trunk-or-treats at the uh, Mormon church down the street. And slowly by slowly, all of the kids in the neighborhood stopped trick-or-treating. So my parents would go out and buy a whole bunch of candy, and nobody would come to the house. And... My brother would want to go out and trick-or-treat, and he'd be knocking on doors left and right, and uh, nobody would be home. They'd all be at the trunk-or-treat or just not participating. So uh, aside from it being just a weird tradition, it was also uh, something that uh, kind of left other kids from other faiths or kids with no faiths kind of left them out. So it's, uh, you know, a, a silly, dumb little thing, but uh, uh, that's uh, uh, how it can affect uh people of other faiths and people of no faith. Uh, thank you. Uh, thank you guys again for the podcast. I listen uh, every week. Thanks again. Well, thank you. Yeah. But I'm mad. That really pisses me off. Well, because like also what what's annoying about it is that like, first of all, there, trick-or-treating has never been like this dangerous thing. The, no. the, the whole poison candy thing was like. It was a, a lie. It was, yeah, it was a total scare thing. Yeah. It was a big 
There were never any rumor. Ra- no, there were never razor blades in anybody's candy. Right. And so anyway, so but trunk or treat is obviously some sort of response to the dangerous world that we live in, and let it let's let it just be the people that we intimately know, oh and let the kids wander around. And we have a little party thing, I'm right? So mad. And so Bountiful Utah is one of the fucking safest places, probably. In the world. It's, it's physically safe. It is not psychologically no, psych- safe. No, exactly. But, like, as far as, like, it, you, your kids no, yeah. are not going to, like, that. and also, like, it's people, uh, anyway, the whole, like, poison candy thing. Like, like you're not going to find, like, like that's the way somebody chooses to, like, to poison, yeah. to, to, to fuck with people. Yeah. It's not going to happen. And also, okay, you know what needs to happen? If you live in one of these neighborhoods where this has happened to you, right. uh, I don't Everything's care. It's gone trunk or treat. You mean? Yeah. Yeah. It's time to bring back the tricks. Oh. It's time to reinstate the trick policy. Yeah. Because this whole trick or treating thing happened because they were the kids were enforcing, you have to give me candy yeah. or I will egg your house. Right. The kid union. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they got together and they were like, I look, you can give me a treat. Or I will trick you. Right. And the tricks are not nice. Right. Flaming bags of poo yeah. on, uh, on uh, you know, go front crazy. Pe- front porches. That it, one's dangerous. Don't do it. Don't, well, well, you know what? Sometimes a little danger has to be brought into this thing. <laughs> All I'm saying is, this is not acceptable behavior. No. You must have yeah. treats for the kids. Absolutely. And uh, and you must participate, and uh, there should be consequences well, if you don't. I feel bad for uh, Travis, or at least Travis's younger brother, or whatever. Yeah. Um. Be, maybe it just wasn't known. Uh, if you live in, in along the Wasatch Front, and you want to take your kids trick or treating, but nobody really does it in your neighborhood, uh, Rose Park people. Yeah. Rose. <laughs> yeah. Rose Park is insane. Do you have an experience? I mean, there's this, a, this is your neighborhood. There's a lot of kids. There's a lot of kids. I'm just, I'm just saying, like my traditional thing was go to the to the like fancy neighborhoods where they gave out the the sure, full size th- candy bars. Those places may not be doing that anymore. And if you just want to take your kids trick or treating, the number of kids oh, yeah, out have... there trick or treating in Rose Park is insane. Yeah, you'll have fun. That'll I'm just good. saying, it's it may it might be a it might be worth the trip. Yeah, I, I think it probably would be. There you go. All right. Uh, we Chance wrote into us uh, on the same topic. Uh-huh. This is a, a, a different a different take on that. Hey guys, you were talking about the trunk or treating phenomenon, and we the, and and we get that here in Texas too. However, when I was going to a private evangelical school, you poor bastard, <laughs> uh, we had what we called a hallelujah party. Oh no. Enough of the teachers and parents were concerned about the demonic influence of Halloween that they decided to make it their own. In each teacher's room in the the combination school church, the teacher would set up a small carnival-style game you had to play to get a candy. Beanbag toss, shooting a candle out with a water pistol, knocking over bottles. Usually you didn't walk away with a lot of candy as you were only allowed to take one candy from a room or <laughs> if you sucked at or, or especially if you sucked at games like I did. Oh, mm. oh, you have to win the game to get a candy. That's oh my again, God. reinstitute the tricks, right? The tricks have to come, come on, back. Kids. If the grownups are being stingy, you got to do the tricks. Uh, <laughs> anyway, I know a couple of kids listen to this show. Kids get out there. Do your tricks. Organize. 
Organize um, your friends. There was usually Christian music playing in the rooms, too. I only ever got to go legitimately trick-or-treating twice in my life. Oh, oh. love the show. Keep up the awesome. Yeah, you, uh, you international listeners for whom uh, Halloween is not a big thing. There are people in these United States who don't love it, but I think Halloween is so much fun. Yeah. It's such a delight. Well, and like apparently it's, it's getting ruined. Yeah. By Christians. It was so much fun as a kid. I loved it. it getting I s- dressed up in some nonsense costume. It didn't matter. Yeah. Right? And then just running around with a, you know, um, a pillowcase. Yeah. And they and just- Getting it filled up with candy. They just throw candy in it. And, like, yeah. and every house you go to, everybody's like- Oh, and you're a little lizard, and you're a monster, and mm-hmm. what are you? Oh my goodness! And they're all fawning over you, and yeah. it's just this fun interaction, and you've, well, you you feel magical, and you feel like, connected to the yeah. to the neighborhood, and everybody's out and running around. It's and a little spooky. You get to yeah. feel a little spooky. <laughs> it's fun. <laughs> oh, poor kids these days. Oh, yeah. All right. Well, uh, uh, we've we've got some some folks who have given. Uh, you know, every now and then, oh, yes, when we yes, when indeed. we pass around the collection plate, yeah, yeah. some people have ponied up. Um, yeah, indeed. And I'm um, going to start us off because oh. because I've got one. We uh, we had someone oh, fantastic come at it through uh, through the PayPal route, which is oh, nice. still available to people. Nice. Uh, Jamar is now a a PayPal subscriber, I believe, at the Saint level. So Saint Jamar, we bless thee. That's what else? Wonderful. What else we got? Um. Well, we also have a Jamar. Oh, over here. Maybe Jamar has done it on twice. On Patreon, uh, coming in at the Pope level. What? Jamar? Yes. Jamar? You're, you're, it's madness. It's They're... Jamar madness. You should probably cancel <laughs> one of them, but if you want to leave them both running. Or maybe it's two people. May- Jamar? It's totally possible. We've got two Jamars. We have two Jamars. Uh, and then there's Andrew coming in at the venerable level. So oh. thank you to both of you. Uh, all, all three of you. All, all three of you. Uh, and then, of course, Dan. Yes. Uh, we have our uh, our uh, Lord and Savior Emeritus that we have to thank. Bless be she. Uh, Angela. Yes. Thank you so much, Angela. And then our Lord and current reigning Lord and Savior. Supreme. Our top donor, Jenny. <laughs> I still don't like it, but I love Jenny. We'll come to it. We'll we'll get that's there. what that's what I've settled on, Dan. How okay. dare you? Okay. How dare you, Dan? You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to open it up to Jenny. She can write in and say what she likes. Okay, fine. She's she's the Lord and Savior. We take her commands. <laughs> anyway, is my is my calling of your name not pleasing unto uh, thee? Unto thee, un- and thy thy ears, perhaps uh, a burnt offering. Oh yeah, a sweet, sweet a sweet savor of... unto our Lord and Savior. <laughs> anyway, thank you all so much. Uh, we so appreciate it. If you guys want to uh, to you know to if join you it. if you appreciate what, what we do and you want to be part of it, uh, please feel free to go to thankgodimatheist.com and click on the support tab. And uh, and we bless the all we bless all of you in the name of uh, the people that don't exist. Amen. Amen. All right, Dan. Uh Uh-huh. I'm pulling up a thing here, because here's the thing. Enemies. Here's the thing. Isn't there a song about me and my enemy? I don't know. That's me and my shadow. I know that one. (laughs) Um, here's the thing. 
I was thinking about Christianity and I was uh-huh. thinking about religion as a whole. And I was thinking about the fact that it's always set up in this sort of war. Uh-huh. There's always a war and there's always enemies. Yeah. Um, uh, just a really random Google search came up with an interesting Billy Graham article that he wrote last year hmm. uh, about enemies of the Christian. Oh, good God, yeah. Starts with the devil. He's got a whole bunch of stuff about that. Well, because the devil the ult- is your ultimate enemy. He is. Right. He's, he's God's enemy. Yeah. So then he's our enemy. Right. De facto. Right. And so anybody who has sort of fallen to the devil's... You know, ways mm-hmm. is must also be in your enemy. Well, and here's right? the thing, uh, because what makes what what could make more sense than an omnipotent, all-knowing being who creates all the things in the universe, creating his own enemy on purpose to be his enemy. Enemies are good. He's like, what do I need? Ah, I'm bored. Some I need, a, I need an adversary. Somebody needs to be fighting me. Right. I need a fight. Yeah, it's an uh, omnipotent, all loving being needs a good fight. Yeah. Anyway, uh, the I need n- to feel undermined. Billy Graham's next. Uh, Want to guess who his next enemy is? Who? The world. The world. The whole world. Well, your second indeed. enemy is the world. Well, yeah, the world. The world means all oh of my its god influences. Listen to this sentence. In his, in his explaining of what the world is, uh-huh. the world means the cosmos, this world system. The world has a tendency to lead us into sin, evil companions, pleasures, fashions, opinions, Ooh. and aims. Yes. Fashion. Fashion, Dan. Oh. It's evil. It's evil. It's an enemy of God. Yeah. The Looking whole, good, Dan. The whole fucking cosmos yeah. is your enemy. Uh-huh. Melodramatic much? <laughs> Are you serious? <gasps> and then the third enemy. Uh-huh. You. Yourself? Which is to say, the flesh. Ew. Get this flesh off me. Right? The, <laughs> the worst enemy, you know, one of the worst enemies you've got is your own body. Your body's always working against you, Dan. It's got, well, it's always it's it's got these urges, Dan. I'm over forty. My body has started working again against me in a very different way now. Your urges. The urges aren't urges, a problem. The urges aren't a problem anymore. Oh yeah. Now it's more the the errant hair and the uh, <laughs> and the inability to bound upstairs the way I once could. Oh no, Dan. Seriously, it's you know you you start down the hill. You just need to get one of those chairs. <laughs> Dan, I'll be up in a minute. Still trying. Your your chair situation in this house would would be rough. This house is not made for that. Mm-mm. Nope. <clears throat> uh, which is funny because this is a fifty five and older community. <laughs> uh, hilarious. Anyway, uh, it got me thinking about enemies as a concept uh-huh. and about how we are all raised. To believe in the concept that we have enemies. Right. And to believe that those enemies are, imp- that, that, that we are fighting, that there's a fight. There's yeah. always a fight. And, I, and it, it feels like it goes beyond just religion. It feels like it goes into sort of like the American psyche. I think it's the world psyche. 
There's enemies. We all have yeah. enemies. There, there's always threat. We're, we're programmed, and we're very susceptible to it. I'm, 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 sh- I'm sure, just in sort of a in an evolutionary evolutionary way that there are threats out there that we have to protect ourselves from. Right. Right. And so the the religious preachers are able to to prey upon our uh, susceptibility to that kind of thinking. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That and makes I mean, sense. But the fact of the matter is, there are threats in the world. There, there are, absolutely are. They're, they're not wrong to point out uh, that, that, that there are those in the world who would do us wrong. Yes. But the way they see it is, is some sort of eternal struggle between right and wrong, between good and evil. Right. And that they are, tar- they are targeted and constantly. I, and I am good on, on this, like, this moral cleanliness sort of yeah. level right that you have to you're, you're fighting against these things that would make you impure and would tempt you yeah. to the whole world is against you yeah everything the world your own body right is against you right which is is a terrifying prospect yeah and and psychologically like i can't imagine a more damaging notion right then your body is your enemy right your the world is your enemy right and so i wanted to talk i think i want one of the things that i want to talk about is how i think that this idea is wrong i think that the i i like talking about threats there are threats in the world absolutely you know there are human beings that will do that will do you harm absolutely there are bears there are and fancy bears too. There, there are fancy bears. <laughs> fancy bears can do you harm too. Oh yeah. Uh, there are sharks. Anyway, the point is there are threats. There are things out there. There are people that will hurt you. Mm-hmm. But I don't. I I think that the psychology of me versus my enemy. I think that might be wrong. Hmm. I think that might be a a a non viable or a less healthy approach to the universe. Whereas. Well, there's setting a, things up in a sort of a black and white binary thinking sort of way. Yeah, this right? sort of moralistic That's, idea that like, you know, there's a, there's someone out there because, you know, there are people who have commit, you know, you you look at someone like you try and think of the monsters of our society. You think of a Jeffrey Dahmer or something. Right. Well, guess what? He's fucking mentally ill. Yeah. He's yeah. not choosing that. He's not choosing that illness. He's not choosing the idea, you know, I read some stuff about Dahmer. He hated the fact that he was a murderer. Hmm. But boy, did he do it. But he did it, and he needed boy, to did do, he it. do it. Holy crap. I mean, and that's an extreme case. But also, you know, there are guys on the street who uh, I, who might attack you. You know, there are people that, I, that I'm wary of and that I don't want to have a conversation with and that I will avoid. Right. Because they're, like, getting sketchy out on, you know, I'm walking down the street, they're walking towards me, and they're sketch. Right. And I don't want to, I just don't want to interact with that. Right. Because there's a threat level there. Right. But that doesn't make that person my enemy. I want that person to get help. Yeah, okay. You know what I mean? Like, sure. I, I want good things for that person. I don't want to interact with you on the street. I'm not, I'm not uh, in a position to do that. Yeah. I'm not, a, I, I'm not a psychologist. I'm not a police officer. I'm not someone who is armed or who is trained in fighting or whatever in case you attack me. Right. So I'm going to avoid you, but I want good things for that person. Right. And I think that's part I, of the thing is like when I think about, you know, when I'm thinking about a, an abusive 
spouse or an abusive parent or whatever. Mm -hmm. I want people out of their harm. Mm -hmm. I want to keep people out of harm's way. Right. But also that person probably comes from a place of having been wounded themselves, having been, uh, you know, probably were, were abused themselves or somehow they received some sort of psychic wound. Right. That is, uh, that, that is driving them to this. But what would we do, say, Dan, about the folks uh, in this world who would do us harm through legislation? Right. Taking away rights. Yeah. Um, you know, when, when, when we start to get out there and fight for our rights, mm -hmm. um, those people are on the opposite end of of this argument yeah. right or of this issue absolutely from, from me from us right and like that person is not an enemy i don't know see and that's why i want this to and just be kind of a funny word the discussion. more you say it the weirder it starts to sound yeah right? because because here's the thing a lot i know a lot of people who believe some very fundamentally different things from what I believe, but I can find a lot of common ground with them as well. Right. And I can even know them to be a good person right. whose views I believe are wildly incorrect. A good person outside of the, the, the harm that they do in the world. Well, here's the thing. I can believe that a person who, uh, a person who is devoutly religious, mm -hmm. who was raised in religion and who believes that the, and who is fighting tooth and nail against gay rights. Mm -hmm. I can still believe that that person is actually a good person. They've just been, they just have, have been indoctrinated into a system of beliefs that is damaging. Right. And it's their ideology that I'm opposed to. Right. And it's their, and, 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 and I, and the, the problem is that when we see another person, I guess here's where I'm coming from. It's not that I don't know that there are, it's not that I'm saying for sure that there's that we don't have enemies. Right. It's that when I see the person as my enemy and not the ideology. Right. When I see the thinking when you know when I when I see the human being as my enemy and not the thinking, then I'm cutting myself off from them. Right. Then I'm saying no, I you and I are separate. Right. And I think common ground is what wins. At least, okay, so in my personal experience, what I will mm -hmm. say is when I've seen people flop from being religious bigot to, holy shit, you know what? I found out that my son is gay uh -huh. and I changed my opinion right? because I, there's someone that I love who is connected to whom I'm connected, right. who has helped me understand this. It's because of connection hmm. that they changed their thing. It's not because of the fight right the rhetoric from the other side from an enemy you're not going to listen to the rhetoric from an enemy right and listening is what wins listening is what makes the world better right well so i just i just fucking hate the notion of enemies as a like well, a it human seems like it seems like people in uh certain positions in our society obviously uh not to be conspiracy thinking or anything like that but like they clearly benefit from the dichotomy that they've created mm -hmm. yeah right like it's it's important for the powers that be in this country and our society to keep us against one another right now 
Absolutely. And I think that that's, that's a brilliant thing to point out because their greatest ally is that dichotomy. Oh, yeah. And when we play into their dichotomy, mm-hmm. they're winning. Hmm. Even if we're fighting them. They're even our enemy. If, what's that? <laughs> they're our enemy. <laughs> I think that's the point. I think there are, there are bad actors in the world. Truly uh, bad. Sure. Bad folk. Absolutely. Right? Um, who are not working for our collective best interest. Right. Um, and but, those, I don't have any problem being against those people. Well, I, again, I like, but my big, thing but our is neighbors are the people that we have contact with the people who we can influence, even if they are diametrically, you know, opposite of, uh, or hold very opposing views of the world and, and have different, very different goals for our society and everything. Like, that's what I'm hearing you say is downplay that. Well, yeah, what I'm Bring saying people it, back into, yeah, I think you're right. I think what I'm saying is that like the more we see people who just disagree with us mm-hmm. as our enemy, yeah. the more we see the person as our enemy, the more we're just further dividing humans. And that's, and, and that means we live in a divided world and I don't know that that's helpful. I think, I think we are at our best when we can have an honest and open discussion with each other without screaming and yelling. You know what I mean? Without, yeah. without hate. Yeah. Maybe, I, maybe I'm going back to Jesus on this. The whole love thy enemy, love, you know, turn the other cheek. It's not, about, it's not about letting them get away with stuff that's hurting you. Mm-hmm. You can call them on that. Mm-hmm. But you can also come at it from a point of view of like, I get it. You're a human being. You, you know, you have a background. You have a history that has led you to this point. Mm-hmm. And I don't know what that history is. Because I, as a Dan, I as a human, used to believe that gay people were committing a sin. Mm-hmm. I used to hold that belief. And I used to hold the belief that, that, that like, I was confused because I knew some gay people right. and I, they were fine, they were nice. But I knew that they were sinners and I right. knew that they were bad. I was told that they were bad people for doing oh. this. And I was, fuck, you know, there were times, you know, there was a time in my life when I thought that people who smoked were bad people, were evil. They are bad people. And people who drink alcohol, bad people. No, good people. (laughs) The point is, like, there are, there are lots of ways in which people act badly. Mm -hmm. And there are lots of ways in which we need to protect ourselves from people who act badly. Right. I just, I have a real hard time getting to that person as my enemy. Well, all right. The way they're acting, I need to protect myself from. But the natural man is not an enemy of God. No. He's just a doofus. <laughs> and, I can, and I can be sensitive to that. Yeah, I can, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, that's something that I, I personally, that, that's meaningful to me. That I know that that guy's just an idiot who was raised in a stupid religion and he doesn't fucking, you know, he hasn't examined his thoughts and he's scared to. Uh And that, that fear makes sense to me. Right. And he's come to horrible conclusions Mm -hmm. that I have to fight. I have to fight his ideology. Right. Because fucking it's hurting people. Right. Antisocial ideas about humanity. Yeah. Essentially. But also like that he's a guy right or she's a woman she's a human i think i can't throw that away Hmm. 
with the word enemy. Well, there you go. Yeah, okay. Now, now everybody's going to be like, fuck that! And I'm going to get a lot of emails. But that's okay. Send them on. We'll yeah. talk about it. The, the email address, podcast at thankgodimatheist.com. Or call and leave the voicemail message. Yeah. Be angry. Call Dan out. <laughs> call the show out. Call at, both of us out. At me on voicemail. <laughs> uh, 424-666-8442 is the number. Yeah, go to the Facebook page, facebook.com slash Atheist. Maybe don't uh, ream uh, Mackenzie for this. This yeah. is not her problem. Uh, but she's great. Uh, and also there, there's the TGIA members only lounge right and hop on over to reddit reddit.com slash r slash tgi atheist is how you find our our subreddit yeah hey speaking of facebook uh thanks so much to Mackenzie for all of her hard work on the facebook page and thanks to uh to amy sarah and danny for their work as moderators in the members only lounge and a big thanks goes out to the red rock hot club for the use of their music and to gordon johnston for the use of his music. Yeah, uh, thanks again to our patrons, and thanks to all of you for tuning in. We sure do appreciate you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.